the ladies downhill. Sophia Godja. Godja came into this as one of the pre-race favourites. Tux for the line, 139.85 to beat. Yes. Oh, she doesn't just beat it, she absolutely smashes it. She had no idea if she was going to be able to come back and even compete in these Olympics. Undefeated in World Cup down this season. Hasn't lost, hasn't been beaten in a World Cup downhill. Welcome to Flame Bears Keeping the Fire Burning. I'm your host, Jamie. To wrap up season three, we spotlight alpine skiing superstar Sofia Goja. This Italian ski racer is the queen of speed, specializing in the fastest events, downhill and super G. She's a two-time Olympic downhill medalist, the first gold medalist in her discipline for her country of Italy, and three-time World Cup downhill title winner. That said, Sophia wants her story to focus on her comebacks and how she's responded to the countless injuries she'd had, including what she describes as the most challenging time in her life. The 23 days between her debilitating crash in Cortina and taking home silver in Beijing 2022. But first, the backstory. Okay, my name is uh, Sofia Anna Vittoria Goggia. I am an Italian girl, an Italian skier, uh, at Niller, by the way, and um, I am Olympic and uh, Vice Olympic champion in downhill in Pyeongchang in 2018 and in Beijing 2022. And uh, I have achieved three World Cup titles in downhill. And uh, well, I have also some World Championship uh, medal. But uh, once you are an Olympic champion, then you are an Olympic champion. So I think this is going to be the highest, the the the, the, the highest that you can achieve as an athlete. Sophia, what is your first memory on skis? Well, I started ski when I was four years old um, because I have a older brother of three years, uh, Tommaso, and uh, he started skiing, of course, before me. And I wanted to do everything like he did. So basically, I was just a little bit jealous about what he was doing on skis. And I cried so much before my mom took me and said, Sofia, go, go and ski also. So I think that the first memory that I have and skiing, I, I cannot remember it clearly, but it's something I think I proved a, a, a big amount of love for, for the sport. So I think so. I don't have any specific memory, but I remember where I started and how the cheerleaders were, the place. And uh, sometimes I still go back to this place because you have um, even though you, you achieve a lot during your path, you, you, cannot, um, you cannot forget where you started from. And this is basically my motto. And from the age of six, Sophia forecasted her future. Uh, when I was six, if they asked me, what do you want to do in your life? And I, I would have for sure answered, I want to be a famous skier. I want to be in the World Cup some, 
you know, when I will be a woman or a girl. And uh, will I will grow up? And uh, so basically, I always did everything in my life because I wanted to ski. But I'm coming from a country in which we still don't like sport and the instruction don't match as they do, for example, in the American system. And so it was pretty much tough to go to school in the morning and then go to ski in the afternoon when I was a kid though, until the 13 years old, more or less. And then I had to do a private school because the um, public school didn't, did not accept my inscription, uh, my subscription. And uh, because of the day I would have missed with skiing. And it was really a tough situation, but I managed to, to bring home the, also the Elysium. And uh, well, I always wanted to ski. So basically um, all of my choices uh, in, in my life have been based by, on my goal. Where did that dream come from? Like, was it your parents, your brother, something you saw on TV? I don't come from a sportive family because my mom is professor of letters and Latin and my father is an engineer. So basically, no one in the family knew the like the real uh, life of an athlete, but they they practice sport as a lover of uh, nature. Uh, they go hiking, they go fishing, they go swimming and skiing. So basically, the one that had passion for skiing, but just as a tourist, it was my um, my grandpa from my mom, and we have this little apartment in Foporo, which is the closest key station uh, to Bergamo. It, took, uh, it takes just, I think, one hour of driving from where I live, which is a city. And um, so basically everyone who lives in Bergamo during the Christmas holiday goes to Popolo, <laughs> or really, really many people. So uh, we started skiing this way. And uh, I think that the um, dream of uh, winning the Olympic gold medal, because this is what uh, has driven me through all of my career, uh, grew bigger because I, ha- I was pretty much lucky when I was a kid to meet a, a good ski teacher. And when you are a kid, they do the difference sometimes and because they see the talent in you and uh, you as a kid you love to to hear that you're good in something and so you put all your effort and commitment in it and um, so I I was lucky to have Nicola on my side his name was Nicola we we had we started from from nothing but we had a big dream and uh, we just chased it. Sophia Talk about chasing your dreams. You've largely swept downhill. Days and trying to become the first person to sweep Lake Louise and win all three races in a single weekend since Lindsey Vaughn did it three times in 2011, 2012, and 2015. Going for seven in a row. She has won each of the last six downhills. You're definitely the queen of Spain. Now, I realize we have a lot of listeners who aren't necessarily ski racing fanatics. You're big supporters of the Olympics, the Paralympics, women in sport. 
but we're literally from all over the world and with different backgrounds, which I love. So I wanted to sit down with someone who's literally studied Sophia, who can help us better understand the type of skier she is. My name is Peter Charland. I work as a digital editor for Eurosport with special focus on winter sports. So I'm well aware of Sofia Goggia and what an impressive athlete she is because of that. For people who don't know Sofia Goggia, I always say the same thing. And that is that if I was going to watch one more skier for the rest of my life, it would be Sofia Goggia. There is no one in either discipline, in any kind of skiing, who is more exciting than Sofia Goggia. She is fearless, she is risk-taking, she pushes herself to the absolute limit in a way that not even Michaela Schifrin does. There is no one who rides more on the edge than Goggia. She is, without a doubt, the most thrilling skier you could possibly watch. And for anyone who wants to get into skiing or who has friends that they want to try and get into skiing, all you have to do is show them clips of Goggia because within five minutes they will be absolutely hooked because you cannot watch her without sitting there and being completely captivated and enthralled by what you are watching because it is... It's not poetry emotion, it's just rock and roll emotion. If you had to choose just one moment in your life that you're the most proud of, doesn't have to be skiing related, what would it be? I'm proud of myself when I see that my personal path is going in a certain way and I am developing myself and I am evolving as a person. Because I always do say to myself, it's not what you do, it's who you are. That affects also what you do. And um, you can be maybe a great athlete, but if you're still not so growing as a person, then you're going to suffer. So for me, um, of course, winning the Olympic Games in Pyeongchang 2018, it's the highest thing that you can, it's the highest uh, achievement you can get as an F. It's the maximum uh, expression of, of every sport, winning the Olympic gold at the, at the Olympic Games. Georgia wins Italy's first women's downhill. I also do think maybe about to some situation in which I had to overcome myself as in Beijing 2022. But the things that makes me proud of myself is uh, really when I see that I'm becoming a better person. For those unfamiliar with Sophia's journey, she's been plagued with injuries over the course of her career, breaking bones, tearing muscles, and most recently, getting injured in Cortina 23 days before the Beijing Olympics. Oh no, she's gone down in the compression and that is a big crash from Goggia. Big crash from Sophia Goggia. Sophia, can you tell us about this time and how you pushed through or how you overcame it? It was it was for sure the hardest challenge of all my career. You know, I started this last season uh, in an amazing shape and I won five races in 17 days. Uh, I was really, it was the shape of my, of my life actually. And then I started to crash in Altamark and then I got another victory 
and the day after I crashed so badly in Gotina. And, you know, uh, I would have been also the flag bearer uh, in Beijing 2022. And in the moment in which I was laying down on the slope, I knew I had something, but I could not, not so understand which kind of a major injury it would have been. But I knew that it was going to be tough because when I, ca I came to the finish line with on my leg because I had to say hello to all the people who came to Cortina to show to to see us Italian girls. I could not disappoint them, but I could not feel my leg totally. And uh, they told me uh, when I had the MRI, uh, the doctor he thought that the ACL was all gone. But actually, I didn't have the uh, rupture. I didn't uh, break anything so deeply, but I had a minor injury to everything, to every structure in my knee, from the lateral ligament and the external one. And also the ACL was like disrupted. And he told me, oh, Sophia, you can do it. Uh, it's going to be tough, but you can do it. And I said, uh, doc, I, I have, it's, it's going to be 23 days until the downhill. So if we're going to the downhill, it, it is 23 days, but I cannot even barely walk. So how, how am I going to do this? And no answer. And he told me, Sophia, believe me, you can do it. And I said, okay. So, uh, I had really 99% in my head of doubt and fears and 1% of what the dogs told me. And I decided to, to do truly believe in what he told me, as it was my Bible. And except the day after the crash, it was really horrible. Really, also the media, they were all like worried about my situation. Oh, is she going to miss the Olympic Games with the shape that she had? And... I had no time to hear anyone. And from the day after, I said to myself, I will do it. I will do it. And I was going to repeat that to myself like every day. And we had a physio, physio and gymnastic from 6 a.m. until the 10 a.m. I think that in 15 days, I had lunch twice. And every time I like had to eat something in the evening, I had a room service because I didn't have time and I couldn't walk to the restaurant. And I was really, um, I was really um, helped by people, by the right people. Because when you, when you go into an impossible path, then you, you have really to surround yourself with people which are going to be ready to put themselves in the fire with you too. And I was glad, I'm so glad I had these people. First of all, I have to thank my sponsor Red Bull because he sent me from immediately one of their best physiotherapists, Harry. And we worked so hard. And then also with my physician trainer, we had an incredible progression and incredible path. But when they told me, oh, you, you, you managed to, to heal in this 23 days. And I said, No, guys, I didn't heal in these 23 days. I made everything possible 
to try to put my skis on and to do a downhill course. But if they ask me, how did you do this? I say, I really don't know. Because I found that kind of incredible strength inside of myself. And I felt like I was guided by a light. I don't know, maybe it's the, the faith also. I prayed so much. And when I, I came to China, for me, it was horrible to ski. And I was really afraid of everything on laying on my left leg because it was not okay. The knee was not okay and the leg itself was half of the other one. And, uh, but there has been one thing that changed me, the, per uh, the perspective and the perception, because when I got into the um, house of the Stargate to, to, to do the first inspection of the first training ride, and I saw on the wall there was written Beijing 2022 with the five Olympic rings, I said to myself, my place is here. My place is here. And I, I came to this inspection to the coaches and I could read they had the fear for me in their eyes. But I was so calm and happy to be there. And for me, it was a really an Olympic Games without any pressure because I could have won being a hero. I could have been second as I did. I could have get bronze or fourth or tenth or also crash okay maybe i felt the pressure of doing some mistakes because everyone would have pointed me the their finger you know oh she wasn't ready what did she do but i do think that if we don't risk for the things we do truly believe in then what what is the value of risk? What are we going to risk something for? So for me, Olympic Games is everything. And if I didn't risk for it, then I'm not going to risk anything for any part of myself for anything more in life. And uh, it was an incredible path. I had really the right people around me. And... Um, I didn't lose the gold, but I won an incredible silver medal. Sometimes when I doubt about myself, I think back to these hard times and I say, hey, look at what you did in the past. That run was honestly one of the most inspiring athletic moments I've ever seen. How did you feel when you crossed the finish line? I felt like I was happy to see the green light, but when I saw the advantage at that I had on, on my mate, I said to myself, I don't think it's going to last for the gold. Just to time out here, Sophia's reaction to her injury is very outside the norm, even at the most elite levels. So I wanted Pete's thoughts on her comeback to contextualize it for us. Pete, you've been following Gogia for a long time. Help us understand what happened. What do you make of Sophia not only showing up, but taking home a medal when she could barely walk? I would say that I was surprised that Gorgia raced in Beijing, but that really wouldn't be true. If anything, 
I would have been more surprised had she not raced. This is someone who doesn't let injuries get her down. Look at this season. She was injured. She broke her wrist in the St. Moritz downhill on Friday. And then the next day on the Saturday, she came back and took the win, having broken her wrist the day before. This is... We're talking about someone who doesn't let anything stand in her way when it comes to achieving her goals and then skiing. So I couldn't see a way that injury was going to stop her from competing at Beijing. She is someone who will always push to the absolute limits. I don't think I could count more than a handful of skiers at best who would have been able to compete in Beijing after the injury she suffered. And compete is the optimal word there because it's she didn't just turn up to fill out the numbers. She was there to try and win a medal and she was there to try and upset the apple car and to show what she was capable of. This season is all about what happens after the games. So when you went home, obviously it had been such a crazy ride even getting to Beijing. What happened after for you? The tension was so high in the days before the downhill that and the Olympic Games that when I came home, I felt like I was destroyed also because I came after a period of physiotherapy and gymnastic and still I was not in good shape. But I was leading the World Cup title in downhill, the World Cup standing. So I said to myself, it's about three races in one month and a half. And because I deserve to win, the title because I, I was so much like at, at the high level. I won every downhill except the one in which I fell and the one that I missed uh, before the Olympic Games. So I said, I'm going to fight for it until the end. And so it went. But actually, I was not good physically because in a normal situation, you say, I stopped skiing and I put myself still in a good shape but I didn't have time. So I like brought myself one month and a half around Europe just to, to do this three downhill. And in the end, I got the title, but it was really one of the most suffered period on skis in all of my career. I was really over mentally and uh, mentally and physically, I was not there. But I, 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 got, I got my goal. Sophia, your Instagram profile says you have a strong will to leave a mark. What do you mean by this? Uh, that I'm one of a kind who want to make a difference. And it's not just about skiing. It's about everything I do. And I want to leave a sign to the people I meet. It is good to leave a piece of you in everyone you meet. And... Um, this is a particular human value, and uh, my aim is to leave something good to everyone. I just don't want to be like forgotten by anyone, and uh, I want to, to make a difference in everything I do. So this is the strong will to leave a mark. Well, you're absolutely doing it. I'm across the world, and I know who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, but because because I love Lindsay Vaughn probably, <laughs> and uh, in her last in her last season of her career of her music career, I love Lindsay. Lindsay is my idol still, and we still keep in touch. Now. And um, yeah, at Pyeongchang 2018, we were like fighting 
for this gold and also for the workout because I actually she, she got the race and I got second in the race but I got the the title for just three points ahead of her and mm -hmm. it was really a nice battle and when you have two car two strong character as me and her as her and me because she comes so much higher and so much before me uh, it's it's nice to see the battle and the struggle between two athletes who respect a lot themselves and respect a lot each other but at the same time it's a war when you get your pulled out outside the stargate you know as as spectators we just hear and see you skiing not about you as people there's obviously so much more skiing as all the athletes they we, we do our sport and okay at the highest level as workout that's the one that i'm racing it's it's a kind of job we could say but it's something that you can do really well but you have to be proud of yourself when you do well things you're not so good too and um without what we do we are all human beings and we have all the same fears and um we have the same doubt about life and uh, i love to develop as a person it's like sometimes i feel like the race my personal race is outside of the race on the skiing and uh, it's something you know you can never give up on yourself and this is also one of the biggest quote lindsay ever told me do not ever give up on yourself no matter in which kind of uh, discipline it's not about skiing but uh, yourself come first always as we look to the future italy is hosting the 2026 games in cortina no less which is where you had your accident i'd love to hear about that and what does 2026 mean to you we went on the 24th June of 2019 in Lausanne in order to, to get the candidature and I was there and I had to, to do a public speech uh, to, to prove that Italy would have been so much greater than Sweden to host the Olympic Games of 2026 and uh, so I think like we uh, switched on the, the Olympic claim me and the one of my friends uh, snowboard, um, Michela Moyoli. It's I think it's a dream of a lifetime to to be an athlete and run in the Olympic Games in your country. And uh, I know I have to take care of myself really much and really in a smart and clear way in this upcoming four years. But I'm so excited about this. I feel like. I, I crashed in Cortina before the Olympic Games. I missed the World Championship in Cortina because of another injury two, two years ago. So uh, I don't know what the future is going to hold for me, but I'm so fucking excited. Sophia, before we end every episode, we ask athletes what one action they want our community to take. So what one thing do you want people to do after hearing your story? It can be anything. Read this book, call this person, enjoy A, struggle with Y. What's it for you? 
Um, I think that a book that changed my life is the book of Nadia Comaneci, Letters to a Young Gymnastic. I really love that book. And uh, I recommend this book to every athlete. And also the book of Lindsay Vaughn, Rise, the last one. It's really nice. And uh, I would say that an athlete has to work hard with a lot of effort and commitment to follow his heart and to not, to not forget that he is a human being an athlete and that um, that the growth of every human being is is, um, is something essential also to the performance of an athlete thanks for tuning into flame bears keeping the fire burning This is our final full season three episode, so thank you for following along. That said, we have a few really exciting updates coming up, so stay tuned. If you enjoyed our work this season, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more behind-the-scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching for Flame Bears. Thank you to my amazing teammates, Marissa Potter, Maruganda, Sakshi Singh, Lizzie Michael, and Robbie Rao. Dino, you were responsible for making this episode happen. Thank you. Thank you to also Karen Ruther and Emma Minto for your ongoing support. We'll catch you soon.